0: This is Meg Tilton at the ACAW Life, episode number 36, part 3: LDS Women Money Stories: My interview with Michelle Stevenette. This is the ACAw Life, a place where LDS women and really any woman, can come to learn how every aspect of their life is beautiful and has purpose. A place to help you realize how important you are and that this place we call Earth just wouldn't be the same without you. So sit back and take a breather in that unfolded laundry and let's chat for a moment about your amazing life. Welcome back, everybody, to the third of four installments in this episode of my podcast. I decided to split this up so that it wouldn't be like a three-hour-long podcast, and you could just listen to each individual story as you wish. Today, I am interviewing Michelle Stevenette. I have never actually personally met Michelle, but we have had a lot of correspondence over social media. And she is one of those people that just radiates light. She really does. She has a beautiful smile. She's just a beautiful person I can tell inside and out. She is a recent missionary mom. She just sent out her son on a mission. She is a teacher at a company called Pure Bar, which for those of you who don't know, it's like a exercise place. I've never been to one, but she teaches a lot of classes and she's amazing. I'm sure. Um, She's a BYU graduate and certified health coach and a kitchen dancer. I totally want to see that sometime, Michelle. So she is on a mission to help women become friends with their bodies I can't think of a greater mission, actually. (laughs) I think that's a great mission, and I have no doubt that she's going to do it. So today she opens up again very vulnerably, like everybody else has about their money stories, and I am excited to be able to share this interview with you. So let's get to it. Here is Michelle okay my final panelist is here with me it's michelle how are you doing today michelle i'm amazing thank you how are you good i'm so happy to have you here and to be able to talk about money with you yes Yes. money 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 it's the the subject this month in the podcast so i'm going to ask you the same questions that i asked jesse and whitney And the reason I'm doing this is because I think it just gives perspective for my listeners that all of us have different stories and we all come at money from different places, but we all have very similar stories too. So I think it'll be great to hear what you have to say because I know you have great things to say. I know you. Well, thank you. (laughs) Do my best. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So... Um, I believe we all grew up having a story told to us about money. What was the story that was told to you? And do you still believe that story? Why or why not? And what is your current story about money?
1: Okay, you've got like five questions. Let's see if I can address them all. <laughs> so I did kind of, I grew up, you know, I believe most people, their stories often come from the family of origin you know their moms mm-hmm. and dads so for me that was certainly true and I did um see sort of two different perspectives because my parents were raised very differently and um so there was part of the money story uh, that I was raised with was very pioneer minded just the you don't need a lot and you know make it do or do without uh, that kind of mindset um and then on the other hand I my mother was raised in an urban town and she was not raised LDS and she um Went to private girls' school, and so she had a little bit more of a mindset of, you know, quality being really important and education being really important. So for me, uh, I, I guess it was quite a blessing, I suppose, to get both perspectives of the money story. But I think there was a piece of scarcity for sure, because, um, let's see, why would that be <laughs> a piece of <laughs> scarcity? Probably just in the mindset of. Just kind of the Mormon pioneers, perhaps. Mm-hmm. I don't know mm-hmm. if that's. I mean, that's certainly. I'm not the intention. I'm sure any of the Mormon pioneers would have wanted, but for some mm-hmm. reason, I feel like that sort of has trickled down through, you know, depression era and what have you. So I know that that was definitely a piece. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I remember there was a little bit of shame attached to having money uh, because I remember my mom telling me that my dad. Didn't want his mother to, see, he was embarrassed to, for her to see the home that we lo- were living in because mm-hmm. she thought it was a little too extravagant. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and it was mm-hmm. a very modest middle income home. It was, mm-hmm. you know, nice home, but nothing like what my dad grew up in. He grew up in an adobe home in Logan <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, on the farm. So, mm-hmm. anyways, so there was a little bit of, of that sort of shame, perhaps, that it's not good to have. Mm-hmm. too much money or to look like you have money. So, and then you asked, what was the next question? Yeah. Do so, still-
0: um, do you still believe that story that you grew up with?
1: Um, so yeah, my, my money story has evolved, uh, a lot over my life for sure. And I would say even most dramatically in the past couple of years, honestly, mm-hmm. um, where I've begun to truly believe on like the level of my soul that all that money belongs to god and that it's good and having more of it just makes you more of who you are and makes you possibly even a more of an instrument in god's hands and so and that it's not bad to have money and so i am really grateful for the uh examples of people that are in our faith community or, you know, even people that I don't even know that I know who have had money, mm-hmm. um, and that are totally righteous and good. And it, and it almost seems like my brain wants to think that they are the unicorns, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm.
0: so. <clears throat> you mean the unicorns and the fact that they have that much money or the fact that they have that much money and are righteous? That's exactly what I mean.
1: That they have that much money and can and are still righteous. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah.
1: So, um, and I, 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 truly believe that Heavenly Father would love for all of His people and as many of them as possible to be the kind of people that can receive like that because the amount of good that can be done mm-hmm. with that. So um, that's been sort of a whole new belief that I have have gained and have worked towards believing more and more because I want to be one of them. I would mm-hmm. love to I, not be not for the sake of the money but for the sake of how fun it would be to be able to do a lot of good. Mm-hmm. Um I want to be a philanthropist. How fun would that be? Mm-hmm. So a couple of years ago I had this um aha if I may uh-huh. just share. Yeah, sure. Where um for, well let me back up for many many years I had this belief that if I wanted more then that means I'm not grateful for what I have mm-hmm. um and that and so I, I just need to be grateful for what I have because wanting more is unrighteous it's sinful it's it's whatever it's not right and um and so I lived that way for many many years just be grateful for what you have and and I'm not saying that that's bad by any means to be grateful for what you have I think we absolutely should but I somehow equated that with it being wrong to want more. Then one day, I can't remember how this came to me, but it dawned on me that the order of prayer that we are taught Mm -hmm. to first give thanks, be grateful, and then ask Mm -hmm. completely negates that whole thought pattern that I had. Mm -hmm. Heavenly Father, of course, wants us to be grateful and he wants us to ask Mm -hmm. and ask for more. And, And I realized that that is the best place to truly make change from is from a place of gratitude and understanding how awesome it is. When you truly are grateful for what you have and you realize like what it can do, you're like, yeah, let's get more of that. Let's generate more of that, create more of that. I want to share that. Like, mm-hmm. let's bring it on. Right. Mm-hmm. And so you can totally be grateful and want more. And it's not a conflict. It's not against each other. That's the order of prayer. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that was, I think that Kind of blew my mind when it when I like really digested that concept for myself, and that's when um, all of a sudden I felt almost freed to make some progress that I had mm-hmm. kind of been limiting myself in making because mm-hmm. I thought I shouldn't want anything different. Mm-hmm. so that that for me has been a huge help And a huge belief, a huge shift change for me.
0: Yeah, I remember when you first shared that with me. I thought that was so awesome. I was like, that's right. There is an order to all things, right? And how we do things and how we can gain and increase. And I think that that is such a great example of that. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah, you're welcome. So I know that you have, you're starting your own business. And you're doing that. So what do you believe about your ability to make money? So this is something that I honestly am uh,
1: totally working on. This is a work in progress for me because I have, you know, been the stay-at-home mom and I've never um, really had to support my family, you know, lucky me. Mm -hmm. Um, And so now that I am putting myself in a place to generate income in a way that I never have before... Um, I definitely have to work on my beliefs a bit. So I do believe that it's absolutely possible for me. Well, one thing that's been really helpful for me too is to just kind of imagine ideas that never were available to me before. Like I used to think that if I was going to make money, then I'd be giving up my time, for example. Mm-hmm. And I still kind of have that belief. Um, and to an extent, I mean, you do have to put in some time, of course, but I used to think that if I wanted to make X amount of money, then I have to put in X amount of time. Mm-hmm. And, and I, and if I, and it would be, you know, this big trade off where I wouldn't be available for this or that or the other, Like Mm -hmm. I just had all these like kind of barriers Mm -hmm. and I'm starting to like uh, embrace more of these ideas of like, well, maybe there's a way to scale things. Maybe there's a way to, to create the things that I imagined in a totally different way than I ever thought, you know? And so, Mm -hmm. um, so I am starting to believe that there are, in the world that we live in today, there are so many options and ways Mm -hmm. to do things that we never Mm -hmm. had available before. And so Mm -hmm. it's actually pretty exciting. So I am, I am believing that there's going to be ways that as I create value and offer things and help people and serve that, that it will come back to me
0: mm-hmm.
1: monetarily. So, yeah. and in many other ways too. Mm-hmm. So,
0: yeah, because really, I mean, if you're earning money, if that's your only goal, like that's a very unhealthy Goal, but if what you're going to do with the money and why you're creating <laughs> and all of that, you know, you put all that together, and then it's so much more purpose-driven in our work, and then it doesn't become about the money anymore. That's just For kind sure. of like a side benefit, right. <laughs> which I think is really interesting. exactly.
1: I feel like the more that I, the more that I figure out who I am at the core and who I want to be and how I want to serve in the world, I feel like that is exactly how I'm going to generate value. Mm -hmm. in the world. And that's how it's going to, and it'll come back to me. So yes, it is absolutely hundred percent purposeful driven and, you know, um, just, you know, part of my, I feel like my, my, yeah, just my purpose, Mm -hmm. my Mm -hmm. mission here on earth, you know?
0: Right. Yeah. That's awesome. So what is your current goal around money? Do you have a goal?
1: You know, I don't have a tangible one right this minute, because honestly, I, um, you know, just sent my missionary off and I took my last couple months to kind of pause my business. So mm-hmm. I'm getting ready to like set that goal. So as far as um, goals go, I uh, I don't have like a tangible number, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I do want to have my, uh, well, gosh, I'm not sure how much I want to like, <laughs> like get into like the, the details of this very second. <laughs> yeah, um, that's fine. I'm just going to leave it at that. I don't have a tangible goal right this second as of today, but I will within the next week or so. Okay.
0: (laughs) You're like, when I don't have to put it out there in the public, then I will have it. (laughs) Where Whitney's Um, like (laughs) (laughs) $250,000.
1: I did actually have the impossible goal, I felt, the impossible goal of making um, six figures this year. Mm-hmm. So I will tell you that much. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, there's a part of me that
0: like freaks out when I say
1: that because
0: right. I've never done that before. Yeah. So. Yeah. You know, I think that's so interesting <laughs> how our brains freak out. We When we talk a lot about that, actually, in coaching is how your brain freaks out. And we, we go to this place of the, I don't know. And that's where we like to kind of hang out because then there's no work that's necessary because we're hanging out in indecision. And I was just had the thought, I'm like, I wonder if a baby sits there and is scared. Like, I don't know how to walk. Like, that's <laughs> right? just not so sure. Of course not. No, you know, because they don't have any fear, right? And I think that that's really what yeah. I always, I've always been kind of perplexed by that scripture where it says like, become like a little child, right? Because I'm like, my children are crazy. They don't obey. Like they don't eat their dinner, <laughs> like what are you talking about? But I think it's that like unconditional right? love and that faith, no fear. They're just like, yep, I'm going for it. Yes, I'm gonna go for, for, for it. Sure. I'm gonna go for it. And how that's even applicable totally in this? Exactly.
1: Mm-hmm. No, I think you're absolutely right. They're not. A, they're not afraid. They believe that they are going to learn and make mm-hmm. progress and make changes. Like they get it. Mm-hmm. Heart, so.
0: Yeah. They're not like walking isn't an option. Like, I just don't think I'll walk because I'm just not sure I can do it. (laughs) They just are like, yeah, that's what we do. We just get up and do it, you know? Yes. Yeah. So with this six figure money goal that you have, how do you think your life will be different from how it is currently? If you achieve that money goal,
1: when I achieve the goal, how do I Mm -hmm. think my life will be different? Mm hmm. So I, I do believe that I will have a little more order, honestly, than I do at the moment. Mm -hmm. Um, I, and a a little, probably a little bit more structure, which I want, Mm -hmm. um, not like stifling structure, but Mm -hmm. the structure that like feels good to me. Mm -hmm. And I believe, honestly, I think I'm going to feel a lot like I already do because, um, I've been generating the thoughts and feelings to kind of already be there. Mm-hmm. And it feels awesome mm-hmm. just to feel like I'm the kind of person that can stand up and can speak and can share and can contribute and has something valuable to offer the world. And it's just, I, I just totally know that that's available to me. Mm-hmm. So, and and it'll allow me to achieve a few other things monetarily, which will be nice getting out of some debts and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but that I feel like is just sort of, you know, like you kind of said, it, it's a little bonus, you know.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, so, do you have any reservations about going after that goal? Are you afraid? For sure. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> so, what are <laughs> they? It. Why are you afraid?
1: Um, well, because I know I'm going to have plenty of failures or things that don't work the first time, or two, or four, or five times. I know that there's going to be some painful um, or negative emotion along the way that I'll just get to process. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and so, you know, but that's, you know, of course it's all part of life, but like, and it's easy to stand outside and be like, yeah, I know that will be hard. But then when you're like in it, mm-hmm. you're like this stinks. Mm-hmm. So I just, I just know that there's all of that with it. There's self doubt. There's, you know, since you have better days than others. And, um, that's not going to be part of it. I know there's going to be you know, possibly, you know, people that don't like what I'm doing and will tell me Mm -hmm. or even, you know, Mm -hmm. and then I get to choose how I want to, what I want to do about that. So anyhow, yeah, there's plenty of that. Yeah.
0: (laughs) I think it's interesting how I, I, it seems like that money when money is brought in it exasperates all of those feelings that we may feel in other situations but when money's involved when you bring that in then you're like i'm going to be more embarrassed if it doesn't work because i was trying to make money or i'm going to be more fearful because i have it seems like you have more to lose i don't know what do you think hmm
1: maybe so um as soon as you said that i was like oh don't give me ideas i don't want to <laughs> think that <laughs>
0: Sorry, I'll, I'll be quiet. I'm going
1: to come up with my own <laughs> terrible ideas, my own thoughts that don't serve me.
0: <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I was just thinking that uh, when you were saying. Like, but no,
1: I get what you're saying. It's, yeah. an, it's another element of kind of the drama that our mind will create mm-hmm. because there's that extra element. Like if I'm just doing it for free.
0: Mm -hmm. then
1: like there's less space for anyone to criticize or less space for failure because there, I wasn't really, there wasn't really much at stake, you know? So I get what you're saying. I get what
0: you're saying. Well, people can criticize, Um, but it doesn't feel the same. You're like, it was free, you know? Right. (laughs) But once you're like paying, (laughs) they're paying for it, then you're like, oh, they don't like it. Like, oh, yeah, you feel like more of an obligation, I guess. So yeah, that's so funny.
1: Yeah, I, I, I get what you're saying. Um, but, you know, it's just one of those things, of course, where you just have to know that you're doing – just show up doing the best you can, and then if they don't like it, then you still know you did the best you can, you know?
0: Right. So yeah. yeah. yep, that's true. Okay, so for the last question, this is one that I think I'm really interested in because I think as LDS women we have certain stories about money – so, do you think that being a woman, particularly an l d s woman has formed your money story specifically
1: um maybe to an extent just because I think culture is is you know it, culture influences in ways that I think we don't necessarily always see and then so i'm I'm sure there is some of that um but to be able to identify it's a little bit tricky for me um But I have, you know, I remember years ago kind of having this feeling like if my husband's making, bringing home the paycheck and I'm watching over the kids, the money's really not mine, you know, Mm -hmm. those kind of thoughts, Mm -hmm. um, which he never felt that way. Um, but for whatever reason I sometimes did. And then, you know, kind of on the flip side of that, like when I have made a little bit of money here or there, my cute husband would be like, no, you made that money. It's all yours. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, like, you go do what you want with it mm-hmm. instead of it, like, going into the, the, you know, the bucket with everything else. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's sort of, I don't know, it's so kind of backwards that way. But anyways, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I'm not quite really sure how how I I would actually be interested to hear how other people have because I've mm-hmm. uh, been influenced as a, as a woman. Well, and maybe even some of it, even now that I'm thinking, goes back to just the decisions I made growing up in terms of in college and things like that, like what degree program and mm-hmm. those kinds of decisions. Because I never I actually sort of embarrassed to admit this, but I sort of I I never expected to have to support myself. Mm-hmm. And so had I had the mindset of like whether or not you need to support yourself, like find something that you would want to do, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? That's not about supporting yourself. This is about you know, contributing and feeling mm-hmm. like you are, you know, fulfilling who you are. Mm-hmm. Anyways, that, that was never something that I thought about. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that just wasn't, didn't come naturally to me or just, it never was introduced to me that way. Mm-hmm. But I kind of, in hindsight, think that would have been helpful mm-hmm. to, to think about what kind of work would I, would I want to do? Because for me, going to college was, was really just to get a degree because I should. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because And I did. And, but I never did it with the mindset of having a career mm-hmm. and that's a hundred percent because I'm a woman and I just believed that I wouldn't, that I was going to get married and not have to support myself. So mm-hmm. I don't think that's a very useful, helpful
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> way of being, but that's how it was for me. Um, so, yeah, I think that's a really interesting point that you bring up because I think I was the same way. Like I'm going to go get my degree. And I'll do it until I get married, and then I don't have to worry about it anymore. But I think with my girls, I am going to raise them very differently because Mm -hmm. I'm like, I want them to have a career or be able to have a skill set that they could support themselves if they needed to. Right. And that's something
1: that they can use their strengths that God Mm -hmm. gave them, like give them a way to, you know... Uh, I don't know, be who they
0: are in, in the world in some way. So yeah. 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 That's really interesting. Well, thank you for sharing your input with us and being so willing to be on your very oh, first podcast. Thank you for having me. <laughs> yes. It was my very first
1: one. And thank you. I appreciate it. been so fun. All right. Well, thank you. <laughs> Bye-bye. Thank you.
0: Okay, wasn't Michelle just awesome? Thank you so much, Michelle, for being so willing to do this. I just love you like I love Whitney and I love Jesse. They're just great women and I'm so thankful to them all for opening up and sharing their money stories with each of you. So just like the other two interviews, I want to kind of pick out some things that I thought were really great that Michelle picked up and kind of give you my own spin on them. So the first is that I thought it was so fascinating how she brought in her pioneer heritage into how her money story was shaped and how that kind of formed from her parents. Now I don't come from deep pioneer roots. My mother is the pioneer in my family. Um, She was a convert to the church. And so I've always appreciated the pioneer stories, but I don't really feel like I have a tie to them. But the thing that I kind of took away from what Michelle was saying is that, yes, we do learn our money stories, I think, many times. And this is something I've seen commonly throughout these interviews from our parents, from our upbringing. But that's also passed down from generation to generation. It's not just our parents' money story, but it's their parents' money stories and their parents' parents' money stories and so forth. And so it would be really fascinating, I think, to go back and see how families have dealt with money over time and if there's like a trend and that people seem to follow the same money stories if, or if there's people that break away because they didn't like their family's money story. So I thought that was just so interesting that the money story doesn't just start with our parents. So I also loved her perspective that money just becomes an extension of who you are. And this has been brought up a couple times in these interviews. And I talked about it, of course, earlier in the podcast, but if we are good, then we will continue to do good with the money that comes our way. And if we have ill intentions, then we will continue to do ill with any money we have. And I really do believe that that is true. The take home here is to focus on who we are and are we the person we want to be who just happens to have a lot of money to keep doing what we have always been doing, but on a bigger scale. This last week, I listened to a great devotional talk by Elder Rasband of the Quorum of the Twelve. And in this devotional, he paid a really sweet tribute to the late John Huntsman, and he worked for John Huntsman. He kind of tells that story of how he came to work for him, but the thing that he was really trying to drive home that, you know, Brother Huntsman was a billionaire But it wasn't his money that defined him. It was how he conducted himself with integrity and spreading good wherever he went that he really memorialized him. Elder Rasband memorialized John Huntsman. And he was able to bless others through money, but the money did not make him who he was. And I think that that is such a great example. I don't know John Huntsman personally, I don't know Elder Rasband personally, but I was just very touched by what he said about him and that he was such an honest person and really did good with the blessings that he had been given. So I know the same is true for each of us, that we can do much good as we use who we are and we develop ourselves and we create value in the world and we may become money comes our way because of that, then we can go and do so much good. And, you know, I think Michelle really hit on this is that, you know, the women of the church have so much influence. And I know Whitney did too, that we can share so much and how awesome would it be for God to be able to use really righteous, good women to create more value and more good in the world. I also absolutely loved how Michelle equated the order of how we pray to making more money and how the key to successfully achieving this is to be grateful for what we have and yet still ask for more because that is how we pray right? I went on a mission. We, this is how we taught people to pray that you open by addressing heavenly father. And then you tell him the things that you're grateful for. And then you ask him for the things that you want. And then you close in the name of Jesus Christ. So if that is what we're supposed to pray for, why wouldn't God want us to have more in our life, more abundance, more good things, I just think that that was a great perspective and so good. Now, Michelle, just like Jesse, talked about that there are so many amazing ways for us women to make money in this day and age, and we can be so creative. And I totally agree with this. I 100% believe that we are in a very unique and blessed time for women and we are able to do this because we can be at home and we can have jobs if we want from home because of the technology and the resources that are available to us. And I'm going to be very bold in saying this, but and I think I may have said it in one of the interviews, but I really do believe that the LDS women of the church are really on the cusp of making a huge impact in the world at large i do think we have already made an impact but i think that that was just by our kind of silent example in the past and now i think it's going to become a more vocal example and a more outspoken one and i think that that's going to be a good thing i think that that's what we need and i think that one of the ways that we're going to do that is through our gifts and sharing them and developing them and getting money so that we can create more good in the world as a result. So I found Michelle's answer to my last question very eye-opening. And this was the one where I asked her if her money story had been shaped because she was an LDS woman. And she went on to talk about how She did think that it was to some extent because of how she studied in college and what she studied and that she went to school to get a a degree, but she didn't do it necessarily to support a family. And I think that that holds true for me as well. Had I gone to college and known that I would have to support my family on what I studied, I would have studied something totally different. My career choice was not only chosen because I liked what I was studying, but also because I knew I could support myself on that salary, and that's all I would need to support because I was going to get married, and then my husband would support me. Now, I'm fortunate that this is the way that things worked out, but I do hope to prepare my girls a little bit better as they go forward into the world, because life has no guarantees. And so we need to get all the education and all the experience that we can so that we can provide for ourselves and our families if need be. I don't want people to take this the wrong way. I'm not saying that women should just drop what they're doing and go out and get a degree and get jobs and just leave motherhood by the wayside. Not At all I do believe that motherhood is our number one calling but I do believe too that part of our role as a mother is to be a huge example to our children and especially to our girls and I think that you can raise really strong girls who are very prepared to take care of themselves who then will take care of their children and do that very well whether they decide to stay at home or whether they decide to work part time, or whether they may decide to go get a a job. And this is actually a story for me that has changed over time as I have been a mother. And I will talk about that more in another podcast at some point. But I really do think that we need to be Kind of open our vision a little bit to that. But I do think that it is something that is very individual and should be done with prayer and being led by the Holy Ghost because that's the greatest gift that we have, right? The Holy Ghost. And Heavenly Father will hand tailor each of our lives and create just beautiful mosaics of our lives. If we let Him in and help Him guide us, it will be so much better than we ever thought possible. So this is the third of the four money stories. You get mine tomorrow. So be looking forward to that. Um, I'm excited to share it with you and I will see you then. Bye-bye.